0: So the last episode I did, um I spoke with a mutual person that we both know, Travis Bacon.
1: Oh, oh yeah, right. You did tell me that. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it, it's so funny because now I was like, um, I had a couple different people or or interviews or things I wanted to do for the podcast lined up. And you know, we had mentioned you on the podcast. Uh then we ran into each other at Irving Plaza. And I know you have your new project. And I was like, you know what? This is the time to sit down and uh, talk to Chris again and just have you on the podcast. So I was like, "Uh, let's just follow it up and let's just roll with it. I mean, that's what's great about like, you know, Nobody Speaks Podcast is just me and whoever. So I can just like change stuff on the fly, you know? Thanks, man. I love
1: that you're doing this because we obviously have known each other for a while and we've been involved in like anything To stay involved with um, what's happening is just an exciting thing, especially in the times that we're in. So it's it's just cool to be on the same page. Like you and I are obviously lifers; we're not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, I mean, you more so than I are are continuing to play. Uh, I'm still trying to stay plugged in and involved uh, where I can. You know, as a songwriter, uh, well, well, a singer-songwriter, I've kind of hung my hat up a little bit. And I'm just waiting for the next musical path for me. I'm not like completely done and music is still my lifeblood. So this is my way of continuing it. And the fact that I've been discovering new music and can go to shows again is, is I think becoming a little bit more inspiring for me. You know, it's finding musicians to finally work with again, because just being solo for so many years, I'm just kind of over it. i
1: really think you should do it again antonio because it's like the right time right now for us like people are so obsessed with like the early 2000s and 90s which you and i were a huge part of even in our little worlds like it it, it, and and with that sort of um ex taking back sunday behind you you know as as much as i'm sure uh it's had uh different things in your past i think right now it's it's probably more relevant than it ever was you know it's so like this whole renaissance of like 90s early 2000s is like blowing my
0: mind it it really is uh and, and even just the uh the bands that are coming out that were influenced by it you know yeah there's a lot of the reunions going on um i was lucky enough to score um my chemical romance tickets for usb arena because my son is 11 and he discovered them like two years ago and it was like mind blowing to him. And I'm like, ah, oh, dude, you missed the heyday. You missed when I used to play with them because you weren't around, <laughs> you know? but I'm getting to take him to that. And it's, it, uh, it's a great connection for us as a father, son. Um, Absolutely. you know, people can talk shit all they want on my chemical romance they probably wrote two of the catchiest fucking records that have ever come out of New Jersey and out of our scene. And um, I'm like, dude, I'm excited to take him, you know, like I'm with you, man. I think I'm, I, I've really
1: humbled myself. Uh, I probably needed to, but I, I really <laughs> humbled myself as I got older because the truth is like, we are, uh, um, you know, in a position now where it's like the, uh, the the youth and you have a son, I don't have kids, but I definitely have like, godchildren and, and uh, nephews mm-hmm. and nieces and whatnot and it's like uh, beyond that it's just like it's it's very interesting that younger people are like discovering these things and you've got to see it through their lens because you know when you and I were younger we probably didn't think about this but there were probably older dudes that thought Nirvana was lame or something because, yeah. because they were listening to Minor Threat or Black Flag
0: yeah because it was on the radio and they were too DIY or punk. Exactly. You, know? you know, like I don't really understand. Not that I don't understand, but like
1: I, I my, my girlfriend took me to see a bunch of younger bands recently. And like uh, one band in particular that was great that I probably would have never heard of called Greet Death. Uh, kind of okay. like a two days 90s alternative band. It sold mm-hmm. out by us. Um, everybody in there was 20, between 21 and 25 years old. Right. Um, and uh, they were fantastic and they started playing something in a bridge that was familiar to me and i i couldn't figure it out and then i later realized it was blink 182 and everyone in that room Uh, looked like you know very touched by it and even though it doesn't really resonate for me or you probably i was like all right things have changed you know i i'm not in a position to be a snobby person about anything anymore this is not my world
0: yeah you know yeah it's funny because i um I mean, many, many years ago, I mean, we're talking, God, what, uh, I mean, I know it's also relevant to what's going on, um, but many years ago, I, I started doing stuff like this pre-podcasting. I don't know if you remember, but for a really short time, I had a website called Scene Snob um, and I was interviewing uh, musicians. I interviewed like Chuck Reagan. I interviewed the Gaslight Anthem. And this is right when the the 59 sound came out. I actually have the poster from, when they uh, played it at Looney Tunes and they signed it for me. Um, And, you know, I've always liked to do this kind of stuff because we grew up in the time of fanzines, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I'm a shitty speller. I type incorrectly. I probably would have photocopied it fucked up. Where was I going to hand it out? So I kind of jumped on that like years ago. And then, you know, uh, it kind of, fell through because the internet was changing and everything you know but i called it scene snob because like we used to be so like you know no what we like is what's what's good we're from long island this music's coming out you know what i mean yeah we'll let some jersey bands in but like we so snobby we were even so unbelievable other yeah 100 I, I, you know
1: i i i wanted to point that out too because i kind of like i'm like god i was such a dick <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but everybody kind of was, you know, like yeah. I, I actually had to explain this to a few people uh, recently. Um, in fact, one friend of mine who is from New York, but just not like literally like from Queens, yeah, like 20, 20 minutes away from Long Island, like had needed me to explain to him the difference uh, of like the vibe. And I'm like, you know, we had some really great music, but I'm not going to lie. We were definitely like kind of snobby and 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 yeah. it's true we were snobby to each other it's like um i think it was tell my bandmates that too i'm like i, I it's my only thing my only complaints and you know probably guilty of it myself like um i don't know why but like people on long island were very even snobby with each other and that being said uh it, it, it's cool to get older and recognize that because i think we're all especially the folks that are still around, we kind of can look back at it and laugh and recognize it, but it really yeah. was pretty snobby, you
0: know? Yeah, um, let's think think yeah, about yeah. this. Like Glass doing all these reunion shows and they had Tension play with them the other right. night. Now, back in the day, way Suffolk County bands weren't even accepted to play shows with like Nassau County bands. Like that's how far of a line there was at certain times where like certain bands were clicky, And you, you know, you wouldn't like, yes, that bill did eventually happen, but when both of those bands were there in their infant stages, they would have never played together because even within the Long Island scene, it was separated and you and I know that more than anyone else because I was in Scarab, we didn't fit with any other band. You know, and, and even the, the bands where you were doing back in the day sometimes didn't fit either. It didn't fit either sometimes.
1: Like, you know, it was yeah. always, um, You know, it's funny. Now, I can't believe I didn't realize who I said that to. I was explaining it to Walter. That's who I was explaining oh, it to.
0: Oh, get out.
1: <laughs> yeah, me and, me and Justin Scurdy were trying to explain Long Island to Walter and he didn't really understand it. And we were talking yeah. about how the youth crew people, which was before us, they were all yeah. friends and supportive of each other. And I was saying long island bands uh, you know um a lot of the bands that got really successful especially as that happened you kind of like they just kind of forgot about you in a way not all of them but like um but it was also like what you just said back in the day like Hugo and I used to work at Merch Direct, and this was like around yeah. when *Ship and Tribute* came out. Mm-hmm. And everyone that worked there was in a band, and I felt like there was a hierarchy. I, I kind of said that Long Island was like very frater- like like a fraternity, mm-hmm. and we weren't really respected as much because yeah. our band weren't as cool as everyone else's that worked there. And we kind of got clowned a little bit at times. Um And I quit, but now Beck is totally cool with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Back then. I, it it didn't really feel the love.
0: <laughs> yeah, there 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 was, yeah there was that. I mean, even you know, yeah, I, I had kind of mentioned to a mutual friend of ours, who I'm just gonna keep like band names and people's names out of it, yeah, me too, me too. about certain bands that were people in bands that I loved that shunned me because maybe I wasn't in in a band that was as cool as them. I mean the amount of people that did not support Taking Back Sunday when I was in it is gigantic. It wasn't until, you know, we could pack out a tiny bar and people would be jumping off the bar that people would even then pay attention from certain other bands. And I had sent this to someone who was as big as big could be to us in the Long Island scene. And that person even felt it from other people. And I was like, no way, you know? So, So I was... You know, it's it's been humbling throughout the years to know that, like, people that even whose music uh, and and friendship I, like, highly regarded felt the same way. And it's interesting, like you said, like, I think it was just our arrogant youth. It was the fact that we were involved in something that was fresh and new and evolving. And it was a very pivotal time in the music scene because, yeah, Nirvana hit the radio And, you know, even though it technically wasn't underground at that point, because it had hit the radio, it it was knocking off the the hair bands, it was killing the cheesy pop and it was giving like a gateway to kind of what we were we were doing in a different way. And, you know, then things were starting to blow up, you know, things went from seven inches to CDs, which now made it easier to copy and share. The yeah. internet was coming along, um, you know. I mean, you know what it's like when Absolutely. we toured, it when you had to have a map and MapQuest directions, and you didn't have a cell phone yet. You know, I like that's so much. How uh, scary is the- that? We literally were getting in vans, shitty vans, and driving across the country with nothing, just like, yeah, Jesus like, 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 we were fucking Jack Kerouac. You know what I mean? <laughs> we,
1: bought, we bought on the Mind of Prince's, bought Sky came falling's bus, and it fucking. <laughs> <laughs> broke down three times and then caught fire yeah and, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then we had to forge uh, uh greyhound tickets to to get back to long island from like houston texas you know yeah,
0: these are were, they were crazy times and uh you know so now like you said full circle a lot of these bands are 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 re there's reinsurgences we've got you know uh I was the happiest (laughs) I've been in a long time when I picked up my phone and I ordered my, what is it? Blue banana or whatever copy of solid majority, because I had that record on 12 inch and it got jacked from me by an ex girlfriend. And, And it's, and it's one of the records that I regret the most not having in my collection, you know, being a music fan and a vinyl collector. And I'm like, wow, know all these old records records are getting saved you know like uh all this stuff we'll hopefully be able to see again still some of my you know favorite albums like you know i mean mind over matter and silent majority you know they were my nirvana they were my you know pearl jam to a lot of other kids um so those are getting saved like uh you know bands are still touring i mean shit. Hot Water Music just dropped probably their best fucking record and I've loved heard. that band forever. Dude, like, you need to listen to it, like... Dude, ex- I gotta
1: check it out. You're gonna, you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I, like, haven't really sat through an entire full length since No Division, so I need to, like, check it out.
0: Oh, yeah, there, there's... You have well, to lie. I
1: heard the one after that. Um, yeah, that was the last one, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's... Well, which is good because, you know what? Now you have a trunk of music to go back to that you can listen to, you know, like, which is always fun when that happens. But, uh, you know, those guys are still doing it, um, you know, which is amazing. Glassjaw is hitting all these reunion shows. I mean, we just got to see Quicksand, um, Right, right. You know, so some of the stuff I wanted to talk about, yeah, is like, all right, Live music is back. New York City is officially fucking alive again. Yeah, it so is, it really in, is. In, in the past week, like, like, you know, let's go over it. Like Touche and More at Irving Plaza. We ran yeah. into each other. That's a band I discovered in the beginning of the pandemic. I got to see them live when they opened up for thrice when the world started opening up again. And the set wasn't long enough for me because I had it's the intensity that comes through on their records does not match the intensity from when they play live. And it's been a long time since someone's knocked me off my feet. And I was like, I felt every bit of energy. And to see them now headlining Irving, I was like.
1: Pumped. Yeah. And, and then like to see like, you know, younger bands, like that goes back to what we were saying before, like even if you don't not saying you don't, but even if those new bands aren't for you, like what they're doing is basically the shit that we were doing you know yeah. like even the way they're dressed yeah it's
0: like really it, funny it, it had <laughs> it, it had that feeling and humbleness of like you know when i first saw like you know when from autumn to ashes finally got to headline irving plaza right like right. The, the the childlike look on scott's face when he was able to do that you know uh, was so awesome and it, it it I felt like I was re-watching as we watched our friends bands hitting those stages and yeah. hitting those points you know so you're right Absolutely. it's like and you know and you know those guys are so influenced by by the stuff that we were you yeah. know from well, back without in the
1: a day. doubt I mean and 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 like yeah Touche Amore I think is really cool because they are like probably the closest thing I would think to like the og emo like like Mm -hmm. embrace or something like yeah going back to that kind of like rites of spring like the real stuff like they're obviously like incorporating modern touches to it and uh but like jeremy the vocalist like he has like some kind of like if you watch like an old embrace video on youtube there's something Mm -hmm. similar and i mentioned that to him after the show like he he exudes that kind of energy and and the sincerity and the unpretentiousness and just his whole vibe is like super sincere and yeah and and and,
0: and, and the whole like poetic nature of his lyrics I mean um, and you know refused I could see is yeah. a very oh, yeah. absolutely exactly yeah. I saw the shirt. but it it feels like <clears throat> the energy they have reminds me of the energy that I saw the first time I saw refused at the P W A C.
1: I see that. I was there. That was a crazy show. Yeah. Uh, That was insane. That when they were still wearing like Earth Crisis and Snapcase shirts and shit.
0: Yeah. And that was literally the tour that they broke up later on during that tour (laughs) after that album came out and and the album basically just then like sat and lingered and slowly grew its popularity as they were already done. Uh,
1: It's so strange how that happens, but also like really cool. And I think that is happening to a lot of bands from uh, 20 years ago. I feel like this always happens in in time, like you know, 20 years of something that's recycled again. You know, yeah. like when yeah. the began in the 2000s, I thought that was happening with like uh, maybe the 80s. You know what I mean? Like late 70s, early 80s, you could see that was happening with like the Strokes and all the yes. bands that came after that. Uh-huh. Um, and um, and I think that's happening now, for like the stuff that we were a part of, which is, again, not to to beat a dead horse, but so bizarre but awesome at the same time.
0: Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, it, it it's a time in my life that, you know, if somebody said, you know, if somebody said how impactful it was going to be, I'd have been like, Oh, we're just we're just hanging out with our friends on a Saturday night, you
1: know. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I mean, like more <laughs> yeah. specifically, like how could you ever imagine, like. Um, you know any of those bands that would be like like okay Glassjaw you know you you probably been seeing them longer than me um, and they're not nearly as big as Taking Back Sunday or 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 um, you know some of the other bands that have come out of the scene but like you know when we saw them at the P W A C and they came out and they were covering Corn um, yeah. I don't know if you remember that show and I they do. Like, who who thought that like they would be on uh, you know you know selling out places today in 2022 yeah. you know um that's just crazy it's awesome
0: and it, and it's interesting too because you know they did the two albums at the Paramount back to back and the fact i don't know if it was the opening bands the albums or just what everybody had going on but saturday's worship and tribute show sold out where everything you wanted to know about sounds didn't and i was like i'm like really you I know
1: have to, i have to imagine it's the woke, the woke sort of culture that is reacting to that
0: right, you know, it, right? It, it yeah it could be um you know and but then i was talking to someone you know and worship and tribute was the gateway album for a, their second wave of their fan base
1: ah uh, okay you know that's, like that's my favorite i love that record
0: yeah i mean i i do too and 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 yes you know there are some questionable lyrics on everything you want to know about silence
1: it's okay for us to say he apologized i don't know if you saw that oh yeah
0: yeah no i absolutely did and and i know and that's the thing is you know us knowing daryl i know that that stuff was just teenage rage i know that you know there was there was no actual harm being done to anyone there was no you know what i mean like that was you know outward and insane expression of emotion And yeah, you know, like it was, it was a different time, but you know, those songs, you know, just from a song standpoint hit, you know, at the time that they needed to hit and, and what it was doing, you know, I mean, I love both records, but I was just very, I was, I was very surprised. I was like, wow. You know, I mean, I unfortunately missed both of them because Friday was my birthday and Saturday I had quicksand tickets and, you know, yeah. So you know, Quicksand was gonna trump Glassjaw for me. I, you know, because <laughs> they're, I mean, Quicksand Slip will always be in my top five favorite albums of all time. Oh yeah, uh, Walter is. I mean, you know, I've obviously been in the same room as him, even the same you know circle. He said hello, being that he's friends with you know you and Artie and everybody. But oh, yeah. I still get so like in awe of that me guy uh, every time I see him, and he has influenced me in so many ways. So I was like, oh, I got I couldn't wait to see Quicksand. Melissa had never seen them. So I had made her this mega playlist of all my favorite Quicksand songs, and she was, like, super pumped. Oh, and yeah. uh, now that she saw them live, she was like, I get it, and now I want to listen to them even more. And yeah. that's the magic of, of guys like that and bands like that. I mean, I, there are the two front men I idolize. I don't say it idolize. I don't give a shit. Most in music that are front men that play guitar are Walter and Artie
1: yeah man absolutely I mean shit I feel the same I feel the same exact way you do because my first show uh in Long Island was uh watching um uh Artie play he was actually in Bad Trip at the time right but he was singing and playing guitar yeah Um, and uh I was always intimidated by Artie and speaking of I mean I feel like me and him are close enough for me to say this but like he was actually a great example of someone who's a total dick to me back in the day <laughs> <laughs> um and he's one of my best friends now so like you know it shows uh but like i was i was totally shook by him as i was by salt majority and, and other people like i was nervous it, when i was in the room with those people yeah. i didn't know how to talk to them or if i should. Um, you know what I mean like and 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 it's like kind of special too like obviously like we're I was idolizing some guy from another town
2: yeah yeah.
1: four years you know whatever like a couple years younger when you're a teenager and some guy is on stage playing for like a couple hundred people is a really big deal you know yeah Uh, but yeah Artie is a total um, uh, uh, prototype for What uh, turned into these successful bands, um, you know, brand new and Taking Back Sunday and Glassjaw, and to an extent, um, you know, probably tons of other bands that, you know, um, aren't coming to mind, but, you know, already never really, uh, and Walter to an extent, they never really got to the level of, like, let's say, like, you know, a Dave Grohl or something like that, but they are equally as important. On um, on on different levels uh, yeah. for how their seed was spread throughout the world, you know.
0: Yeah, I remember, and it was more so in the Era Type Eleven days. Um, you know, when the band started, when Era Type Eleven started, I was already pretty close with Phil from Clockwise, because obviously, because Eddie and I were close. Um, so, kind of my relationship with Phil, kind of, you know, then brought my relationship and friendship with Artie together and i was like oh my god like this is crazy you know and i remember when we started taking back sunday um we were at a party at um like uh danielle and rebecca's place in brooklyn yes and Artie, oh, yeah. <laughs> and arty come- pulls me over and like he was giving me his like his rock star advice, you know, <laughs> and I'll never forget this. Cause we're, you know, we're, we're multiple PBRs and, you know, and he's like, listen, man, he's like, when you're on stage, he's like, you have to think you're the shit so that they'll think you're the shit. And like, you've got to control the room. So don't ever, you know what I mean? And, and it's true because he had that or has that thing um, that almost, you know, that, arrogance of like yeah you know because he believes yeah Yeah. he believes that this song is the greatest rock song of all time and if it doesn't seem that he believes it why should you fucking believe it and why should you love it and 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 i loved it because he would be up there talking his shit and doing his thing and then afterwards we're having beers laughing and and you know talking crazy jokes you know
1: and right, it, right.
0: It, it could be his love for Oasis. I mean,
1: <laughs> it, that, I was just going to say that because you know he definitely exudes, um, you know, Noel and um, uh, Liam Gallagher. And he actually saw them uh, play a club. I don't know if it was Wetlands or <clears throat> might have been Wetlands or Brownies, but he he was he's such a deep Oasis fan. I know he saw them even yeah. before they got huge. So he, that was a huge. Um, inspiration but but he's actually right and and i i'm glad that you guys had that talk he still does that to people by the way yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> i we love it. Him on this on a certain night at vitus and he pulls you aside and he's drinking and gets a bottle of whiskey like you'll have that conversation but yeah um,
0: yeah it's great and you know that's like god i mean that's over 20 something years ago <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny man not to
1: not to talk about Artie for the whole podcast but you know it's easy to like he he's on that uh, wreckage, unlike VHS cassette tape, at CB's outside on the Bowery talking about being old, and he's in his twenties. <laughs> <20s>. You know no <laughs> so Well, fun. I mean,
0: you know, Bad Trip and Mind Over Matter, you know, being his youth and you know, Mind Over Matter. I mean, their their last show felt like felt like a funeral for the scene almost. Uh, that's how important they were to to the Long Island scene. So it's like there's probably that little part of him in his mind at that point that almost felt like, Oh, the heyday is over. You know what I mean? <laughs> like-
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think that mind over matter to our scene. Like if you, comp- if you were to compare it to like Seattle, like you could say they were like the Melvins or, or mm. like green river, like one of those bands that sort of like people know, but like they don't really truly yeah. understand that like, they really set the, 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 the sort of uh, prototype for, for everyone else after them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's un- unbelievable. And, you know, I'm hoping, um, you know, I'd love to hear those records also maybe like kind of retweaked.
1: Um, we're we're going to do it. We're going to do
0: it. I, I was, I was, I was going to ask him like um, you know, I have both on vinyl, uh, but those albums, you know, to me are just, Unbelievable. You know, George, again, uh, one of my favorite front men of all time without a guitar. Uh, <laughs> but uh, those albums, you know, there are still people to me that uh, have never heard it. And when I make them listen to it, they're like, holy shit. You know, I'll never forget, like, my ex wife loved Glassjaw and she got into the scene way later. When I first played her Mind Over Matter, she goes, I think you ruined Glassjaw for me. <laughs> I mean, I just
1: played. I just played um, the uh, song that Glassjaw uh, uh, stole the line from uh, on Worship and Tribute. Do you know what song I'm talking about? What song is that?
0: Um, um,
1: it's, it's hectic Thinking? It's Hectic Thinking. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, I played that for a buddy of mine who um, didn't know that, and and, it, and his mind was blown. Like I, He thought that I was saying, oh, they're influenced by them, or whatever or they you know i'm like no they literally took this entire
0: yeah yeah
1: and, and they like, literally paid our, a tribute <laughs> yeah, yeah they worked the whole thing and he was like whoa this is crazy yeah um, but yeah yeah and walter's kind of like again like the same like he's like uh between everything he's done to me like my girlfriend and i have always compared him to like he's like R. E. and mackay but like yeah in new york and like mm-hmm. but like on a different level like the like you, you're you not you're not like going to bars with ian Mackay and taking shots with them you know what i mean like yeah, while, yeah. While there's a new york version of that where he'll like hang out with you and party with you you know oh
0: yeah yeah i mean he yeah. he he's i mean he's the goddamn mayor of the scene you know yeah and, and that'll never and i don't think that'll ever change uh you know his his influence and in the music that he has left um, and, and is continuing to do is unbelievable. Um, right. Seeing them on Saturday was, was fantastic. Um, and, you know, uh, even like everything that going on, you know, with, you know, uh, Sergio, you know, just seeing him up there being happy um, and with the band that really made him the musician who he was after 12 years, also being out with the Deftones, it right. made me so happy. Um, because his his openness and heartfeltness about stepping away from the deftones, tones, I respected so much. I mean, right. I've already I've always tried to anytime I was playing bass, take that guy's bass tone. Um, I've always tried to write bass lines like him. It his bass lines I, I don't think quicksand would have been quicksand without them. Oh, totally. uh, you know it's
1: so key it's so key
0: it it's unbelievably pivotal and to see him up there smiling ear to ear and just just ripping it i was like so happy you Me know? too. yeah i i i i i'm actually um working on something with him
1: that i'm hoping to find out when i can mention that soon but like yeah. since he since he had left deftones we started working on something and i had kept that sort of like under wrap. I know I'm allowed to at least mention that it exists, but um, nice. we have we we're, we're 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 writing and it's not a band. Um, we we're writing and producing cool. and recording other artists, and we have a couple of like, cool collabs. But uh, yeah, I love his bass playing. It's so percussive and like the rhythm section with him and Alan like is like fucking our version of like John Paul Jones and Bottom, but for like. Mm-hmm post hardcore or something it's just yeah, like yeah yeah totally so tight and groovy you know
0: yeah now also uh travis bacon had mentioned that you two had recently worked on something together is that also hush hush
1: yes but you can Ugh. kind of like you can kind of like uh, assume based on what i just said that there might be a connection okay cool <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I i just you know i'm loving like also through this podcast there's just been these interweaving of like people, you know, that I know and that I've met, you know, I met Travis through Melissa cause they know each other from, you know, the clubs in the city back in the day and more like the goth end of things. And that's how we met when I went to go see Nitsereb. And ah. then, yeah. And then I asked him to be on the podcast so we could talk about, you know, his band and, and the scoring he's doing. And then, you know, I realized I'm like, Oh my God, he played in black, anvil and i saw I, him play with them at vitus and i was like and all these connections and i'm like oh and gary started that and then he said that he knew you and i was like this is just crazy so funny we were with him before nitserev oh really oh
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's hilarious that's yeah that's see like the connections are just so fun in this uh in our music scene and that's what i love about it um, me too.
1: me too we're so every, every, yeah.
0: everybody is so obtainable and everybody's right there and yeah there have been you know guys that weren't or bands that weren't but uh for the most part we've all always supported each other and uh it's a lot of fun and you know that's the other thing you know i wanted to you know uh support you and all the stuff that, that you're doing so yeah i mean let's just run down the list man so uh helping out with this wreckage thing right
1: yeah. So, uh, and thank you, by the way. I, we're, we're, that, that support means so much to me. And 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 doing this, I, I hope I'm supporting you as well. And and it's just a endless cycle, I think, uh, of uh, where we come from and how we do things. Um, I, I I'm doing wreckage with Artie Shepard. Um, we started doing that a year ago. Uh, the idea came up because Salt Majority was out of print, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you can't get it uh, unless you order yeah. it used on Discogs so uh we had uh, asked the original owner, and he gave us his blessing so we have uh that right now, and then we're talking about doing um uh millhouse mind over matter and uh more Silent majority and um motive perhaps and then cool. uh in the, in the in between all that we're doing a lot of like really cool throwback uh t- shirts to bands from uh the label like we did some bad trip shirts and some yeah I saw
0: that shirts. nice
1: um. So we're going to keep doing that, and and that's tr- in an effort to uh, um, expand uh, uh, awareness of the scene that we came from because it kind of feels like uh, nobody was really trying to uh, do that. So so we're trying to keep that alive and and help grow awesome.
0: it, you know. And then, I, uh, I, I was so ecstatic, and you know? and it's it's funny too because part of me was like, wow, I wonder why it took so long for someone to think of this. I'm sure we've all said it in our minds, like. You know, but uh, the fact that you guys were able to uh, have it come to fruition is fucking fantastic.
1: Oh, dude, it's crazy, Antonio. Like, this dude has the original DATs in his house for like Sons of Abraham," "Neglect," "Mind Over Matter," "Trip Face." Like, he lives in France. Yeah, he mailed us the entire Salt Majority discography. He he mailed it to my house. The DATs with Tommy's wow. graffiti handwriting. Uh-huh. the name of the songs on everything from the <laughs> studios um we got everything with the exception of like the demo wow um and then i had that digitized um mm-hmm. to, to to remaster it and everything you could listen to the
0: remaster
1: on bandcamp it, it, it's all mm-hmm. up there now and we're gonna get some go streaming but
0: uh yeah dude yeah. and not only that that's sons of abraham record i still put that on and it makes me feel like i could run through a brick wall yeah man i, I fucking dude. love that record I, I i i tell neil that all the time and i'm like dude god damn it i fucking love that record <laughs> um that's 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 well uh, wreckage
1: uh you know that's the wreckage front and then um i am uh playing in spotlights uh we are still doing uh some touring and working on new music and then um I just uh, started playing with Burn, actually. Oh, so uh, I
0: saw that you mentioned that, and it's funny because we mentioned—I just mentioned Burn uh, in the last episode because Travis uh, produced a single for yeah. for Burn, and we were talking about how, like, you know, when he first went to uh, recording and engineering school, like, he just wanted to record hardcore bands, and I'm like, well, you got to record some of the Godfathers of fucking New York hardcore, you know?
1: <laughs> ridiculous. I think he did that. At Rafe from Kelly Riddles and Black Anvil Studio, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that, but uh, <laughs> I would have loved to have been in the house when they were doing that. Yeah. Um, so I'm I, it, right now. I'm doing one show with Burn, um, and that's with Madball and Cromags.
0: Yeah, that no, is a
1: Sorry, it's not with Cromags. It's Murphy's Law.
0: Murphy's Law. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a pretty hefty bill I saw
1: yeah that's going to be ridiculous it's free it's at the park uh you know on on April 23rd so that's really kind of crazy um I uh am playing in a band called Judas Knife playing bass uh that's with um Drew Thomas from Into Another and and on drums and and Joe Grillo from Garrison um and then um I'm total meltdown is my new york hardcore band i play playing guitar yeah. in. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs>
1: and then uh we don't really have anything going on but we have an ep out and then um and then uh, light tower is my solo project and we're, we're we have a single out and uh I'm playing shows uh in the next few months oh york.
0: i can't wait yeah you got to give me a heads up on the shows because i i want to be there i'm loving the single um Thanks. It, it's funny. I uh I did an episode of the podcast where we went over the Jimmy World discography and I had uh yeah, yeah, I had Sam on it, and I jokingly said to Sam, I was like, Yeah, yeah, Sam Hoyas, the hardest working musician on Long Island. He goes, Well, Chris Enriquez is gonna and we were we were me and Malama were like, Oh yeah, you're right. Chris is definitely the, <laughs> the hardest working musician. <laughs> well, Come I actually
1: have to him. tell you, Sam wrote Sam uh wrote that song. Yeah, he me. told me, yeah, he, he co-wrote that with you, right? He actually wrote the lyrics. Um, I told him that I was thinking about doing a solo project, but I had never written lyrics before. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of told him what I wanted the song to be about, and he literally wrote the lyrics for me. Um, And he came up with the vocal melody. Um, I, I changed it a little bit, but that's pretty much Sam, like, Uh, You know, written all over it because I
0: I, I, I I love it because it is true. Like that guy is doing something nonstop and I love it. Um, You know, I always tell people, I'm like, playing dead is the best kept secret on Long Island. I love them. Um, And, you know, there hasn't been anything that you've played musically that I haven't like really loved as well. So the two of you guys uh, working together in a way, I was just like, this is that i'm fantastic i'm like you know i'm like if i if i could put together my dream band you guys would probably both be in it so it was it's Uh cool that you guys are working together i love it
1: well you know if you need me to play anything in the studio i'm 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 totally down sam is definitely long island's best kept secret he's so hardworking. He's so talented, he's humble, he's great, he supports the scene with his podcasts um, and, and he talks about stuff beyond music. So he's culturally uh, always trying to stay relevant. I, I just can't say enough good things about Sam.
0: Yeah, yeah, shout out to Sam Hoyos. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Red River Podcast was the first podcast I was ever on um, and then you know spawned on to, to my other ones. But yeah, that Light Tower single hits hard, I love it. Um, is it an EP or an LP that's following?
1: it's an ep it's okay it's out, it's out uh um in a few weeks on the 22nd of april and um i played everything on it except for the keyboards which i had justin williams um, okay i was
0: just gonna ask you that
1: yeah he he played with me in gracer and he's been in a bunch of other long island bands as well um, and uh it's uh the first time i ever did anything like this and the pandemic kind of just gave me the idea to 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 try i finally learned how to use garage band and I was able to kind of like just like sit on my laptop for hours I live alone right now um Mm -hmm. so I was just sort of like uh you know hours man just hours like singing for hours and then trying to harmonize and figure out if the lyrics sounded stupid or not and if they were conveying the right thing and so like it was just like uh the pandemic that really kind of allowed me the opportunity to figure out how to do this, you know what I mean? So yeah. It's really nice that anyone is enjoying it at all. You know, I'm I was very scared to 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 put myself out there after having been a drummer for so long.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, perfect transition. I mean, let's let, let's talk about it. I mean, you got Dave Girl, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, like um it, it's funny. I used to make this joke all the time because uh, only because i'm a I'm a big Peter Gabriel fan and yeah. uh, and and I'm not really you know when it comes to um like that whole thing, I'm like, oh, I see what was going on. His drummer was trying to take over the whole time.. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I always joke around, and I'm like, I'm like, drummers are hard to find. Just stay behind the drums. Do you know how like difficult it is? You know? Um, but I love seeing you expanding uh, your musical journey from playing guitar and doing your hardcore band and everything else. it's It's good because, I mean, the drummer is the foundation that holds everything down. So ha- your understanding of music writing is is there, and you've ha- gotten to. Uh, help set the tone for so many other songwriters that the little bits of inspiration and, and learning from all the people you've been in bands with has now been sitting there and now you're getting to manifest it and let it all come out in an, on the other end of the drum set is really awesome.
1: Oh yeah. Thanks, man. I, 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 I feel like songwriting is something I didn't really understand until later on because I think back in the day you know you're jamming with your homies in, in a basement or something like you know you've all well been there where you're like that sounds cool do it a few times and like then we'll see where it goes you know and there's something cool about that like i would imagine that like a band like mind over matter probably wrote songs like that but then yeah um to sort of like uh go full circle there when you listen to like a band like era type 11 or something you know it's like a verse, a chorus, a verse and a chorus. And I think even though I knew that that's what I probably was listening to if I threw on the Beatles or Nirvana or something like that, it didn't yeah. really register to me. And um, once I sort of understood the structure of songwriting and the different ways of how you could do that, like, you know, you just mentioned Peter Gabriel, like maybe when he was in Genesis, maybe they didn't talk about um songwriting as much and they were just jamming and then maybe when he went solo he kind of um uh was following more of like a structure um yeah when you
0: when you think about in your eyes i mean that's that's a perfect like verse chorus verse chorus get the catchiness a bridge and get out you know like exactly exactly
1: um i'm just telling my girl that i'm uh on on a podcast right now (laughs) um but yeah so yeah, that to me is so cool to like expand on that and learn even more about it. Like Queens of Stone Age is such a big influence on my songwriting, not with Light Tower, but just like the the way my mind works. Cause I'm like, you could still do a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, or even throw a pre-chorus in there if you want to, you know, kind of um come up with other cool shit. But like they do it and they make the parts really interesting. So they repeat but like it might be in a weird time signature or a weird thing right. maybe there's no drums and it's just vocals i mean that's to me like the coolest thing about songwriting is you could paint by numbers but inside of those sort of verses or pre-chorus etc you can get creative you don't have to be straightforward um, right. but but sam i is the re- the reason i called sam was cuz i'm like this guy really knows songwriting and i've heard him talk about it he knows melody yeah harmonies and i felt like he would be a good peer to call and be like can, can you help me you know?
0: yeah yeah totally it and and that's the thing like music is is collaborative and uh the best the best music comes out of collaboration mm-hmm. you know yeah there are guys that can literally do it all um but there's something so good about pulling those little things and you got to know you got to find the right people uh and sam was definitely the right guy um you know so it's like You know, uh, I know you're a big Foo Fighters fan. Um, It would be silly of us not to discuss, you know, kind of the loss now of uh, Taylor Hawkins. I mean, you being a drummer and a Foo fan and someone, you know, kind of in the music industry, uh, you know, without bringing it to a downer, it just it has to be mentioned and just respect. Um, You know, I was saying it for for Dave Grohl to finally find a drummer that he could feel comfortable enough to step away and let shine and let be a drummer when there was all that drama in the beginning of the band. Yeah. With the drumming situation, um, you know, and just how much I feel Taylor really did add to their, their songwriting, their creativity, fuck, even their live energy. Um, it's, it's, it's a big hit. Um, it's you know yeah,
2: yeah i i was um
0: yeah. it, I, and unfortunately the news came across on that friday night it was my birthday and i'm like fuck now i'll definitely remember this you know like oh my um, god what yeah. a, what, i was what actually
1: a- out and i had to go home i was so upset like i know it sounds dramatic it's not like i knew the guy but i was just like totally taken back and i i was out with a buddy of mine and i'm like i can't hang out at this bar i just feel like you know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. was a weird feeling. Like, I didn't feel like being out and celebrating something or or just mm-hmm. or just being joyous. It just really bummed me out. I mean, my whole thing with the Foo Fighters is, like, to me, on a mainstream level, for them to exist means so much to me because even though um, my aspirations, per se, are not really on par with, you know, trying to be at that level, which I don't even think would ever happen anyway, I just thought it was cool that people that had roots in our world were representing. It kind of felt like a sports team. Anytime they won a Grammy or or a VMA or if they were just on a talk show, to me, it felt like somebody was representing us, you know, our culture, knowing where they all came from. You know, I know Taylor didn't really come from a punk background, but he still was so related. All those guys to me were relatable they just happen to be famous but they remind me of of us and people we hang out with you know the nature i mean
0: i mean there was uh, i mean how much nirvana and sunny day real estate did we listen to or still listen to i mean and and even though i wasn't
1: a big no use for a name fan like that dude also came from the same cloth you know they were Mm -hmm. germs like these are guys that came from what what we uh sort of uh were part of you know and um, and so just seeing the dynamic between Taylor and Dave in their interviews and on stage and like um, how he was so young, like he was 50 years old. He was like the age of yeah. like some people that we know and just playing rock music. Like that's just, that just hit really close to home for me. It's very much. Yeah, mo- it and, and, and,
0: you know, people say, you know, there's that cliche catchphrase of rock and roll is dead, you know? Um yeah. And I always rebuttal that with, not while the Foo Fighters are still a band. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Because
0: I I think not only is Dave Grohl the greatest example of what a rock star should be, um, I think he's he's one of the only ones. I'm you know like, I I I think about rock music as as a whole, and I'm like. Who's doing what he can do? Uh, Absolutely. Who's who's influencing in that way? Have there been bands that have done that in the past? Yeah. Guns N' Roses did it. Okay. But it, for a short span of time, then they had their weird – it was them, but it wasn't them. Yeah, and, they've, yeah. and they've come back and they've kicked ass in, in that. But not dropping album after album after tour after tour and not stopping for – God, like it's 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 an anomaly. Also, beyond that, I think like
1: vocalizing his um, like the Foo Fighters as a whole were always extremely vocal about their appreciation for where they um, where they are um, and and where they come from, and just always going out of their way. Even the opening acts, um, like on their tours, were always indicative of that. Yeah, and Taylor Taylor was very much somebody that also said stuff like that. I I just thought the whole thing is so sad. You know what I mean? Because it's also really relatable on a deeper level. Because i I think a lot of us. I don't know about you, but certainly myself, I can relate to um, having some issues with substance abuse and um, and 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 I don't. I'm not saying that 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 you know anything about like that, but like obviously they found stuff in his system according to uh, the reports and that that's yeah. a shame because when I'm just saying, when you go out and do stuff like that um, you, you, you don't necessarily think that you're not going to wake up the next day. You know, no. I don't, I'm sure that wasn't the intention there. And that's, no. so that's, bad. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know um, <laughs> I have been lucky. I mean, I don't know if lucky is the term. I've been lucky enough not to, have a substance abuse problem, but it came at the expense of the fact that I started burying friends at a very young age from it.
1: Oh yeah. I so, feel you. you
0: know, so it's, it's one of those things where it, 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 I struggled with it in other ways. Um, you know, I mean, we mentioned in talking about wreckage, we mentioned motive Al Carter being the original singer of motive was like a big brother to me. Um, losing him to, to drugs is something that has stayed with me my entire life. Um, I remember you know, that he, he, he did party. it. He did it. He did his first tattoo my, my first tattoo was done by him, you know, oh. like I have this, um, you know, and it's, it's been, you know, it's been more than 25 years uh, or no 2001. Yeah. So it's over 20 years. And it still hits me. So you know, yeah. I, I the the weight and the gravity of it. it it's not. It, it's hard enough losing somebody as it is, but when it's losing somebody to something that you feel could have been prevented, it's even harder. Absolutely.
1: Know? That's why it's so crazy to me. I, I've had the same um, um, sort of history as well with like losing people, family members, um, young, young, like way too young. Um, yeah. And so, like, you know, I even, without getting into names, had, uh, and I'm not talking about Jason from On the Might of Princes, but, like, I had another friend. I, I just wanted to say that so that whatever I'm about to say people doesn't don't make,
0: think it's, yeah, make yeah. people think
1: this is what I'm referring to because he died at 33 yeah. um, of a heart attack. Um, but uh, I had a friend on Long Island who was part of the scene who was struggling and called me, and I wasn't there in, in the way that I probably should have, and I lost that person a couple of years ago. And that was something I thought about a lot that really hurt, but like I had a lot of friends that for whatever reason, you know, whether they were just trying to make me feel better or not, were were just trying to go out of their way to be like, you know, you can't blame yourself. And, and they're right, you know, like, but at the same time, um, you, you need to check on your homies. And if you know yeah. that they might not be up to uh, good things, um, you should check on them, even if they're not asking and just, and just make sure that they're, uh, you know, you know, just taking care of themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: yeah it's true. And, you know, I, th- I think we're also finally at that time where, you know, the, the macho ness of, of like, uh, we're fucking guys, we can do it all. Like we're, we're past that yeah right, yeah we, we we've we got tattoos we hang out in in shady bars and we, we we've been in many mosh pits but you know we all struggle with shit you know like we're all yeah. down and out when i was going through some of the hardest times in my life you know um you know people reached out to me you know like six years or so ago man i i hit rock bottom and you know you know perfect example like uh You know, like we mentioned it, George, you know, George from Mind Over Matter was there like, yeah, just imparting his Buddhist wisdom to me, you know, and just being there, you know, uh, you know, Chris Kutz's. you know, like, uh, you know, like the the guys, the guys that were help lifting me up, um, you know, are all from the scene. All guys who, you know, on on the exterior, people might be like, oh, these macho dudes, you know, like, but yeah, it's okay to ask for help. You know, all of us struggle with our shit, whether it's, you know, depression, uh, anxiety, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. And yeah, I think, you know, we owe it to ourselves to be there for other people because all of us have been in those times when we've needed somebody. Yeah, man. and cool. it, it, it's that that bond that ties us is 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 deep, you know. I mean, I'll never, you know, us being from Long Island, I'll never forget. Like as I was driving across country on 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 tours, you know, people would be like, "You're from Long Island? Do you know this person? Do you know that person?" And you know, it's like you you chuckle and you're like, "Yeah, I, I do," and and they associate you with that and uh, and and those bands and. Yeah, the 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 bond and tie that that music creates too is is why it's uh, you know as powerful it is, as it is you know hitting people on many levels just because of they love the songs, but also the ties that it has brought that'll never be broken.
1: You're absolutely right. I never, and I didn't realize that either, and I'm I'm sure you didn't that like that the day that I walked into the P W A C in 1994. Um, to go see a veil that, like, you know, however many years it's been. I think that's 26 years ago. Am <laughs> I right about that? No. Is that right?
0: 22 plus.
1: I can't think. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, you get the point
0: well, Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I was thinking about it the the other day because the first time it's it's uh it just passed the 25 fucking years since I first saw Jimmy Eat World in '97 at Coney Island High.
1: Oh Jesus I, I I think that with uh, mi- with mineral. I think it was 20 tw- yeah it was something like uh yeah it was like 26 years ago. That's crazy by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah like 20 yeah 26 years ago when I walked into the Pwac, um I didn't think that I would still be talking to a bunch of people that I saw in that room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like and you're one of them, you know like yeah. I right? I saw Scarab um at mm-hmm. like the pipeline <laughs> you know I mean, like, Doc- Dr. Shays Dr. You know? Shays it's absolutely nuts, but um, yeah, man, it's it's all very true. Like, it's it. I, I'm very lucky because I, I think we're all very lucky that we're part of something uh, bigger than us. Uh, because people that just listen to music cannot relate to that. If you're just like, oh man, I really love alternative music, but you're not really part of a scene like we are. Like. Mm-hmm not the same thing you know what i mean and 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 yeah. that's not like say there's anything wrong with that but we're lucky is what i'm trying to say like yeah no
0: no we are we are very lucky and blessed you know when i think um when i sometimes think about uh uh you know like i have a good friend that just moved to pennsylvania but like middle of nowhere pennsylvania and yeah. uh we went to go see the psychedelic furs nice a, cu- a couple of weeks ago and he's like, yeah, this show is definitely not going to roll through the town that I'm going to. And I was like, man, I was almost like fucking sad for him. You know, like he's going to have to drive a couple hours to either Philly or Pittsburgh, you know, and I'm like, wow, I couldn't imagine moving to a place where I didn't have this accessibility to the music that I love and seeing it live or even multiple record stores to go to.
1: Oh, dude, you're you know, we get
0: spoiled that. by that. I mean, You know, cause, cause we get to hop around to different ones and find different, different records because different people from different areas are selling records to different shops. So it's like, we, you know, like if you're not here or, or, you know, like, or like LA, you know,
1: like, I I feel
0: like we, you know, people in LA and people in the like New York tri-state area have something that a lot of other places don't have. And, and it's crazy to think. You
1: know, funny. you want to bug out this dude that worked for uh, Revolver, who's who's in his 20s still, I think um, this this dude's name is John Hill and he's a guy, he's a writer and he he's he he wrote at Vice and Revolver and some other uh, cool sites. He told me that he interviewed Glassjaw a few years ago mm-hmm. and that he was ta- he's not from here. He's from um, Sanford, maybe the Bay Area, maybe San Fran okay. and Metallica territory. <laughs> yeah exactly. But he, he's, he's of the age where like when he heard about Shaw and brand new and take me Back Sunday that like that was on MTV basically. Um, right. And he sort of probably from that blink 182 generation. And he told me that when he was taking the tra- the Long Island Railroad from New York City to Bayshore to go interview Glassjaw in Mer- at Merch Direct that like he felt like he was going into the territory. In which this music lived, almost like I imagine. Like I'm going to compare it to uh, on like a weird level to like when I first went to Seattle and I was like, "Oh my yeah. god, this is where like fucking like Kurt and Lane and all these guys like hung out." Like he was kind yeah. of the way he had described his trek on the Long Island Railroad to Bayshore was uh, comparable to I think how I discussed my experience going to Seattle. To be like, oh shit, like I'm in their territory, kind of. Yeah. Um, and I know it sounds super dramatic, but that's really strange to to try to like wrap your head around when you and I have been taking the Long Island Railroad in and out yeah. of Long Island for like 40 plus years at this point. Yeah. Um, and it makes you appreciate where you come from. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, there is. You know, for as frustrated as I get with New York. Um, I, I realized how blessed I am and I, I like, you know, the only other place I'll, I'll move and probably plan on is California, you know, kind of LA area when my kids are out of school and stuff. Um, but perfect example of this is we got to see our buddy, uh, our buddy from era type 11. Yeah. Adam, who, uh, is in oh, San Adam. Diego now. So when I rent, when I saw him at the quicksand show, the first thing he said to me is like, dude, all I've been fucking doing is eating pizza. And I'm like, yeah, those are the things that, that you know, yeah. In San Diego, he's got record stores and he's got bands burritos. that he can go see. And right, yeah, yeah. But 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 I'm thinking to myself like, I want to go to San Diego and eat those fucking burritos. You're right. The burritos yeah. are the
1: best in America and in the
0: world. hundred oh, percent. disagrees, but that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are incorrect, yeah. But uh, hands down um, and, and the best uh, tacos I've ever had were from a fucking truck in L.A. So it, it's <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Like, yeah, you know, you come here um, and I have
1: friends that left New York and come back and they're like, where is we got to go to a bagel shop? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Native things around this. I, I had a um, like I, I was at a bar last night that I'd never been to called Other Room and it was in downtown Manhattan and it's been there since 96 and I never heard of it. And it was fucking dope. And the bartender, uh, when he told me he was there since 96, um, he, I said, wow, I, Like I just when I thought I knew everything, and he goes, isn't that the greatest thing about New York, that there's always something that you can discover that you didn't know about? And my girl and I talk about that often, because even though we've been here for 40 plus years, there's still a shit ton of stuff that we don't know about that we can still go and see. So it really um, is a special place, you know, yeah. it's still.
0: And, and then new things pop up. So, yeah. we'll, I mean, I, I don't think a week that goes, there's not a week that goes by that I don't talk to someone in our group and we don't mention something about our, our anger and, and depression over the loss of places like CBGBs and wetlands and things like that. And even driving into the city the other day, going to Irving Plaza, past where the Continental was, and the building is gone now. Gone.
1: It's I'm, gone. I'm like,
0: the, the the physical place, I almost felt a little bit better knowing it was there, that some of the best shows I've ever played in my life were there, some amazing nights, then going and getting pizza at Ray's or going to dojos. Yeah, dude, and,
2: exactly. and I was
0: like, the building is gone. I felt like a part of me died. But in the same aspect, to think about it back in the Continental days, we didn't have St. Vitus. We and didn't that, have St. Vitus. And, and, and that God came... That right so so there are some still some things that things are still growing also in new york and cultivating yeah. now, and you know, doing
1: cool shit the kids are doing cool shit
0: yeah so it, it's 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 still there as much as as we want to whine about the glory days and, and the clubs that are gone and tramps and roseland and you know coney Island high um you know it's it's crazy you know <laughs> funny let's let's loop this back around to dave girl i was eating at dojos once outdoor outside and i was and i I was talking about how continental used to be right there and now it's these condos and everything and i'm pointing to it and i'm bitching and i'm complaining and who walked out of it with somebody and started walking down saint mark's dave girl really Really? and i was like what the fuck this was like um it was early 2000s you know, that's incredible. I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, if you go up to him, no, I, I kind of sat in, I would, you know, you know how it is. I would have had to, I was eating outside. I would have to run through dojos, come hey, back at that's Just be a freak. And yeah. And just be a complete, like, you know, and I've, I've never really been that guy. I mean, we've, you know, we could go over tons of stories of people we've bumped into in the city. I had Perry Farrell walking in front of me one time wow. and I was like, who's this tall, crazy dude with like a girl on each arm in a fur coat. And I was like, Oh, it's <laughs> fucking Perry. Hell yeah. Bumped into Mike D from the beastie boys, you know, like. I seen, um,
1: <laughs> um, rock, um, dude, I, I one time I saw um, Danny DeVito walking down the street next to me. Yeah.
0: Dude. I ran into Danny DeVito once, running into a bar. He was coming out, and he held the door for me. And I was like, "What the?" F-? I was insane. like, "No, let me hold the door for you." So
1: I, I saw him uh, <laughs> it, it, like by like 28th Street and like Park, just like walking down Park Avenue. Um, I, my I, my favorite uh, story uh, is actually not a musician. I was at Lit Lounge back in the day. Oh, on, I loved Lit on Second Avenue and. Um, and Bill Murray just walked in on a on a random evening uh, and was on the dance floor smoking cigarettes.
0: Yeah. Drinking. Or I remember leaving leaving shows at Brownies, like when Aerotype Ar- and Sam I am did those two nights in a row. We I would then I went with my friends both nights to Crover Milk Bar over there, which had okay. one of the one of the most badass jukeboxes because it was all like into another and burn oh, yeah. and the jukebox there was like fucking stellar you know so it'd be in like late 90s it was like you know dude there's a jukebox
1: in uh in, in bushwick at a place called old stanley's and it has life of a spectator on it really <laughs> <Isn't> that's crazy was <laughs> fucking insane yeah, well, well it's run by like by, by like punk people but they're not from Long Island. Yeah, um, I think they're from upstate New York, but they put life with spite of a of a spectator in there.
0: Um, well, think well, about that band Polar Bear Club. Those kids, you know, not being from around here, were so influenced by Silent Majority to you know start their band and then kind of name it after a song. You know,
1: dude, right. not to get more depressing about shit that's gone, but I just got this tattoo um, a couple of weeks ago um, by uh, uh, uh Green eyes at Kings Avenue, and uh, uh, no. and he goes, uh, hey man, have you ever like drank at the bar that was don fury studios and i'm like no where is it and he's like it's over oh, there and i went to it so depressing bro like it i think mean no of all disrespect. the music oh my no god No disrespect to the bar like the bar was fantastic but i go i walked in alone it was a, kind of like an interesting experience i wasn't with anybody i just yeah went in, ordered like an old-fashioned and i'm just like in complete disbelief that like victim and pain start today were recorded in this place right. and i'm looking around, and it's just as, as, as modern New York as it can possibly get, like model looking type people, students, um, really lame conversations that you can kind of overhear. And you're just like, God, you know, like literally Mm -hmm. like New York hardcore was like invented in this basement. Like
0: what what happened here? (laughs) You know, but I mean, that's that's crazy. It It is, it is, you know, things, things, uh, like like we said things things crash and burn and you know new stuff uh comes out of it uh you know so it's like for as much as you know you and i you know get referenced from our former bands there's also the other things that that we're now birthing now you know what i mean like light tower is you know coming out of the birth of on the might of princes you know yeah totally Um,
1: totally totally you,
0: you know and uh i you know i'm gonna say it to you and i'm not blowing smoke up your ass but Sometimes it, use, it it bothers me because I, I say to people, like, there really is a point where On the Might of Princes should have been and could have been the biggest fucking band on Long Island. Um, exactly. And, you know, and dropping some of the best stuff at the time. But it was in that transitional point in the scene where you had the still kind of local, you had the ones that were really taking off and there was like a little bit of a hole or a transition period in those years. And, you know, I go back now and I'm like, you know, uh, if that record was dropped today, it would be, right. it would be fucking destroying everybody's ears. It's probably
1: um, a good thing for me to mention that. Like, I, I don't know if you knew this. I I was working on a documentary about
0: the band. Yeah. Cause I know. Cause you, you had asked me about, you know, using, uh you know, some, some right. old scary stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, you know, fuck. Yeah. Like if you need something, let me know. Um, Thanks.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I just finished stringing it together. So it's a 90 minute film already pretty much. It's all strung together already. I actually watched it a few times with some friends in my house, but um, the next thing I have to do is splice in flyers and uh, music and performances, but it's pretty much done. Um, nice. So I'm going to get that out. And it, we talk about um, what you just said in the, in the sense of like, we definitely did not foresee a future in or a career like one thousand percent. Not even like trying to be cool. Like nobody even like thought about the possibility of that. And even when that was starting to happen around us, like I remember Victory Records got a hold of Jason and somehow figured out that he worked at Borders Books and Music and called the store wow. and asked
2: him. Yeah.
1: and like Smithtown and some shit. And we were we were offered that deal, pre- previous to when Taking Back Sunday was, and right after Thursday, and we we totally said no. We didn't even hesitate to like think about it. We just said no um, because we just didn't see a place for an indie rock band on a uh, on a label that was putting out like Blood for Blood, yeah, at the time, and like Earth Crisis, and so. Um, you know, there's a lot. There were a lot of missteps in our decision making that caused us to not um, be one of those bands that got huge. But um, I kind of wanted to tell that story in the same way that maybe like on a smaller scale, like Anvil, kind of um, right. was the same. Where it's like, you know, we weren't the first to do it, but we were probably like um, one of the first to like be playing like a screamo kind of style and then leave long island and then you know um get offers that we unfortunately didn't really see the value in yeah um, yeah i didn't I mean, think that, like the, these bands are going to start playing fucking huge you know stadiums and shit you know yeah
0: but like i think about it you know like i said and if that album came out today um and you were to hit the road with it uh it it would grow like wildfire you know uh, i think that so because now people love this stuff like
1: um, and the one thing that's different about today than before is like, no one's afraid to use the word emo or screamo. They'll just yeah. say it like I'm in a screamo band.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I know. It's, uh, weird.
0: it's uh, you know, there's so many tags, you know, fucking post hardcore, emo, screamo, uh, whatever, whatever it might be. Um it all came from the same melting pot of, of, of what we had going on. And that's what's great is that it all put its own flair on it. Um, yeah,
1: yeah totally. And, and,
0: and there was a community
1: for sure. I remember I was in the studio. We were all in the studio when you were recording at one yeah. for, for, for a few hours. Um one yeah. day. I remember being in there at uh at the place that George, General George was working yeah. at.
0: Mm-hmm. Um what was that place called? Uh oh my God pie studios pie studios that's right pie oh my studios. god yeah. yeah that place was gorgeous that live room dude oh yeah oh my really god up, and, and then and then you know also getting to record uh with Juan at magic shop too so yeah, that's gone. oh my god that's yeah that's gone and I, and I think about that um all the time and the multiple levels to that studio i was telling my son because he wanted to buy a tony hawk pro skater on his um nintendo switch and i'm like dude when that shit first came out i was recording the taking back sunday stuff and at magic shop they had it and we were playing it like if i wasn't in the vocal booth i was like <laughs>
1: you know so you know two two full circle things to our conversation sonic highways the foo fighters show the new york episodes in magic shop i don't know if you saw that i did yeah, yeah that's fucking really it's crazy cool. it was the last session and on in another full circle sort of thing looping our conversation i don't know if you remember the basement of magic shop where you would go down and they had archived um uh old recordings of like really crazy shit like oh yeah uh, and they would they were i don't know if they were digitizing it but they were restoring it in whatever mm-hmm. format yeah um, i mean we're going as far as like i know they said this on sonic highways but like woody Gr- guthrie like
0: yeah it's you know, it's like crazy that. there was so much so much history and so much so many different sounds in that place uh it's, it's like insane to think about you well, know, so I know that guy
1: still does that today and that's ah. the
0: guy that digitized uh life with spectator oh wow yeah fuck see everything's <laughs> connected god. in our scene dude
1: yeah we caught like what well, already was like call up um uh the dude that used to own magic shop who god i am embarrassed uh, something rosenthal uh I, I'm, I'm just losing his name right now but um Steve Rosenthal, I think. Steve, was yeah, he. yeah. Um, and he, uh, w- when when I went to Dumbo with the Solid Majority Dats to digitize them, he was in the middle of restoring Willie Nelson recordings. Wow. <laughs> is that crazy?
0: That's amazing.
1: He, he does this for a living now.
0: That's so cool. I yeah. actually, uh, I'll have to pop it up on the screen during when I release this episode, but I have a picture of me and Willie Nelson from when I met him. Oh, I, <laughs> dude i was like so pumped i love willie nelson uh <laughs> and uh-huh. it, jokingly enough i had said on my bucket list i want to see willie nelson and i got to meet him that day and i was like well i surpassed that check that shit off
1: Fuck <laughs> oh, yeah man it's so cool but you're right it's all it, that well the, the the new york thing is if you stick around i I always uh feel like if you stick around long enough you just meet people you looked up to and hang out with them and be their friend you know like um yeah and 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 even even just somebody local too like it's just like the cool thing about sticking around long enough you know um and and some people get out of it and they don't want to be part of it anymore or they don't have any interest or or they don't care about meeting their heroes but like i feel like and it's not about meeting your heroes like steve rosenthal was from magic shop he's not necessarily like a hero or anything like that but he's somebody from when we recorded there you know yeah all-
0: yes yeah it's crazy to think you know the, the 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 insane timelines and and how everything is weaved together um you know music life friendships you know so much is 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 built around uh is built on music and it's it's fantastic to think uh so speaking of music so you have that stuff all coming out you're doing all that stuff what are some shows you've got coming up that you're uh excited about seeing now that we've got some live stuff uh God damn
1: what uh what shows am i excited about seeing
0: um have to yeah i'll yeah i'm going to see uh, i'll be at saint vitus on saturday seeing actors um that's a great band i, I love them um, if I'm you're not play- doing anything Saturday, you should swing through, dude. There.
1: I'm uh, I'm rehearsing, um, but maybe I'll stop in. Um, I'm on Sunday. I'm going to see uh, Jesse Leach from Killswitch Engage. It has a podcast, and he's doing a live podcast event, like a talk show, and he's interviewing Vinny Stigma. Um, oh, nice! At uh, Berlin, which is Jesse Malin's bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go watch that because I can't get enough uh, Vinny Stigma stories. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, um uh, judas knife is playing knitting factory on friday with slow crush which is a great shoegaze band from australia and then on uh sunday the 10th i'm going to see chelsea wolf and converge and steve brodsky as one band called blood moon
0: so um, yeah i i read about that uh i yeah. i like chelsea wolf a lot um i am in the minority when i say i'm not a converge fan um it's no, I it. i've never you know it's 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 not the hardcore that um that ignited anything in me uh it's i i get people's love for it but it just it just wasn't my thing you know acquired
1: taste you know it's like you know i like man i got a bunch of metal friends that listen to cannibal corpse and I, I i don't listen to cannibal corpse but i can i understand and i appreciate yeah yeah you know,
0: exactly you know what I mean? yeah so yeah that. totally 100% yeah i'm doing uh the
1: light tower first show is on um the 20th with uh Chamberlain at uh um maple april 20th yeah 420 okay um, that's that's uh uh happening and then uh yeah i i feel like uh oh i'm seeing jawbreaker um at the end of april
0: oh nice yeah and watching. there's those multiple shows they're doing like what like four shows i think
1: yeah and i got it's, it's funny so many jaws i'm i got tickets three days in a row to see jaw box uh at, at, see, see, out see. of the
0: two jaws that's the one i favor most
1: <laughs> good man i i agree uh, you know, it's hard to to compare but um they just play together which is hilarious but. i know
0: it's really funny i was laughing <laughs> that that one show that they were doing in um i think it was in colorado that also had like sam i am and stuff on it i was like if you told me back in the day that that show was happening i it, it sounded more like a festival of all the different headliners but they were all <laughs> playing it oh, like I, I was like that's oh that's so cool
1: but. Speaking of, I'll, I'll I'll finish this by saying we're, uh, Spotlights is playing a festival in May, and it's a festival like, the weirdest festival ever. So it's Youth of Today, Blonde Redhead, Carcass, um, <laughs> Danny Brown. Um, it's just what? Converge, Cave In. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 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 the Locust. <laughs> wow, that is there's, there's like there's like forty bands playing this festival in Texas, and it's literally <laughs> like. Uh, Hip hop, grindcore, hardcore, uh, shoegaze—it's just like every kind of music all at once.
0: That—that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So. That—that's one thing I'm looking forward to. I didn't grab tickets yet. I'm kind of waiting until closer to. But um, I really um, Rage Against the Machine and Run the Jewels, at oh. MSG is something that I'm. Th- I haven't gotten to see, um, Run the Jewels yet, and I'm a fucking huge fan. Huge yeah. fan. It's um. If they drop one more record that's just as good as the last because they just keep topping themselves, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to go throw down and say that they're the best hip hop group of all time. And they'll surpass Wu Tang for me um, because I, I just, I'm like, they, they've they got something that just I think hip hop has been missing for a long time. They did it independent for so fucking long. And it's just mind blowing. I agree,
1: dude. dude. I, every fucking record is a 10 out of 10.
0: It's yeah. Just and, and 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 it's like you always expect a killer album to be followed up by something that you're gonna you know, you kind of expect to be a little disappointed on because you love the last yeah. one so much. And every time I'm like, God damn it, you guys did Dude, it again.
1: Exactly. i I felt that way about, um, you know, I'll be I'm not gonna front like the first one. I might have like not uh, like listened to enough to kind of get to that level. The second one I was in love with, the third one I was in love with, and this fourth one is absurd.
0: Yeah. It, you know what it, I
1: mean? it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Absolutely insane to me. And I, you know, it's like, I've heard um, LP on some podcasts talking about like when rage broke up, Zach came to stay with him in, in New York and they just kind of just hung out, did nothing, smoked weed and worked on some hip hop. And I'm like, where are those tracks? Like,
1: dude, I, would need, I would love to hear those I get the whenever he collaborates with that. I
0: know. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, he'll, he'll drop, he'll spit bars on their records. But I'm like, where is that album that LP is going to produce a hip hop album for Zach? Cause I want it, um, yeah. you know, and, and I'm not going to front fucking Rage Against the Machine, man. I mean, oh, hell yeah. Are you kidding me, dude? I was one of the, one of the greatest the crossover band. bands of all time that, that it hit ever seen in my life. Oh, they've hit, they hit every. Every group of, of music type of person can find something they love in those Rage records, whether you like hip hop, hardcore, punk rock, metal, alternative, you know, it's just, it's oh, all.
1: My shit. That's the best one, man. Yeah. Evil, yeah.
0: If you can't, if you can't rock out to those records, you don't like music.
1: Right. Right. I, <laughs> I feel that way, man. Um, oh, I wanted to say one more thing because it's mostly Long Island people, but I'm, pl- I didn't uh, get the lineup finalized, but I'm playing, Mr. Beery's with light tower. Oh, nice. uh, On, on Friday, August 5th.
0: Okay. Um, well, if you need another band for it, let me know. Maybe I'll come out of my acoustic retirement.
1: I do actually. And and
0: Beery's is like my CBGB's of Long Island. So if if you need me, let me know.
1: (laughs) I actually do. I'm not, I'll I'll, I'll text you. uh, Okay. (laughs) Like we really, I have a whole lineup with no headliner.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you you know what though, if it's if it's all the bands I'm thinking that it's going to be, you almost don't need a headliner because it's all such a, you know, but yeah, if but it's it,
1: good to have someone local to kind of you know round out you know like because we're we're like it's no it's no uh, nobody playing is from Long Island even though technically I am so like it'd be great yeah. to have somebody from Long Island play. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Let me know. We'll we'll continue to talk about it. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. It's just always fun seeing you and getting to talk to you. Um, And, you know, you did my other podcast, Fascination Street, where we talked about the cure a little bit. And that's why I really wanted to do this one here and just kind of talk about what's going on musically, again, in the world, all the stuff that you're doing. Uh, You're doing some great things in, in, in continuing the, you know, the Long Island and New York City scene. Um, you know, this all the stuff you do with a revolver magazine. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. Like, you know, I I, uh, I think about the little kid that I met, you know, and the <laughs> and the fucking dude you are now, and it's like, it's like you know, proud older brother status where I'm Thank like, this so motherfucker is killing it on so many levels uh seeing you still doing it and happy and producing great stuff um is is a is a pleasure from a musical fan standpoint and as a friend standpoint so you know I'm thanks proud for hanging
1: out you, man. i'm so glad that we still know each other all these years later man thank you yeah
0: no doubt enjoy the rest of your day um everybody uh oh well chris where can they all find you uh on social media
1: uh chris enriquez drums is my instagram and then light tower music is my solo project uh instagram
0: awesome and if you just google chris enriquez you'll find links articles and all kinds of fun shit and probably some funny ass photos
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably
0: all right man have a great day brother be good oh thank you you got it later